I have gone viral on Twitter. Now, I know you may be so, so impressed by this, but uh, let me tell you the story of how this happened. I played baseball all throughout my childhood into high school, into college, and at one specific tournament when I was in a travel team, I will never forget this instance uh, because it was caught on video. Uh, I was up at the plate, and I had just struck out for the fourth time in a row. Uh, that was not the first and was not the last time that happened. Uh, in front of coaches, scouts, parents, fans, and even my grandparents. What I did next was I actually took the bat, slammed it as hard as I could on the grass, and walked back to the dugout. And yeah, that that video went viral on Twitter because of me. Um, the kid that struck me out was a good player, and he went on to play in college, um, and that was part of his scouting video. Now, you may have had a, a similar experience, uh, or you may be asking yourself, why in the world did I do that? Um, there are many reasons that we can't get into today. <laughs> but for myself, when I was an athlete and you know, going through the ranks and the recruiting process, it constantly felt like I had eyes on me. It felt like I had to work to impress anyone that was watching. And you know, when I did something good, I looked to the coaches or to the fans or even I even made sure there were scouts in the stands and wanted to make sure they were watching. If I did something bad, which, you know, usually happened more than not, I would feel my I would feel my parents' eyes on me or my coaches' eyes on me because I felt like I let them down. I felt like I had failed the people that I wanted to impress instead of trying to work and trying to perform for God. I wanted to work hard and be the very best that I could be, but it was all for the wrong reasons. It was all to, you know, impress a coach, earn a scholarship, get playing time, get praise from teammates, maybe even, you know, impress a girl. Um, when I had it all twisted, I didn't have that real relationship with Jesus. And the reason I played the game and practiced hard wasn't to show Christ through how I played. Rather, it was for selfish desires. It was to show how hard I worked, how many plays that I made, and what people thought about me. I have learned that when you put your entire worth and try to get satisfaction from trying to impress others or get recognition from others, you will never, ever feel satisfied about the work that you do. So that's why today I'm going to be talking about what athletes can learn from studying Colossians 3.23 what hard work should mean to an athlete, and why we are called to not only work hard at everything we do, but dedicate that work to God. While we may want to impress coaches and teammates and parents, or even scouts if you want to play at the next level, we must remember why we love, why we play, and why we are called to the sports that we love. Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm Ken Burke, and today we are talking about Colossians 3.23 and what it means to work hard for Christ as an athlete. In this episode, we are going solo uh, because I think this is a great topic to, to flush out by myself, and I hope that you can get some use out of it. Uh, for those out there that are listening, Colossians 3.23, as we started off, reads, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart 
as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Obviously, this verse isn't just for athletes. I get that. It's for everyone and anyone because it is a part of our duty on this earth to work hard to glorify God. Not only work hard to glorify Him, but work hard and dedicate that work to God. This is actually a continuation of a talk that I gave at the University of Indianapolis Athletes in Action large group, but I wanted to make this into an episode uh, and flush out some of these themes and topics that I found about hard work and who to work for. Throughout my preparation for this talk, what really jumped out to me the most was this question of who do you play for? You can also ask, who do you work for? This is a verse that you can and should carry for the rest of your life because once you're done playing, it can be really tempting to want to work for a worldly goal or in order to impress a boss. This verse should be a constant reminder and a consistent challenge for all Christ followers, no matter what phase of life that you're in. It's so important to remember this verse every single day, every single moment that we're alive. But according to Kingdom Sports Online, Clayton Kershaw's favorite Bible verse is Colossians 3.23. Kershaw is a Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher, Cy Young award winner, future Hall of Famer, and a devout Christian. He's, of course, one of the best athletes to ever play the game. It's clear that Kershaw has to be one of the hardest workers in the sports realm, though, to get to where he is and stay at the top for so long throughout his career. But it says he keeps his verse at the center of what he does. This blog post reads, Kershaw takes the mound each day with a great intensity to pitch for God's glory. Paul's instructions in Colossians 3.23 are clear. Whatever we do, we should do diligently with integrity even when the coach isn't watching or the crowds aren't cheering. This positive attitude should motivate us to cheerful service as we strive for our heavenly reward rather than earthly trophies. So this means for every athlete out there, we are called by God to work hard in order to represent Christ in all facets of sport. Whether that be at practice or at games or working out or even rest, we're supposed to do it with purpose and with drive. I, I really love also how this quote emphasizes and mentions intensity. Kershaw has this intensity while he's pitching for God's glory. And this is an important piece to how we should work and that I hope isn't taken out of context. We can be intense in our sports and yet show Christ through our actions and how we perform. I think so often uh, people look at Christians and think that we can't want to win because if we do, that glory will tarnish our faith in some aspect, but that is completely not true at all. It also says at the end of it, you know, you can't, you should not do it for human masters. And I know in today's context, we don't look at our teammates or coaches as our masters, but you do have to ask yourself sometimes if you treat them like that in some capacity. Do you seek approval from those around you because you want to impress them? get more playing time, or even, you know, beat out another teammate for the wrong reasons. This Colossians 3 verse really has three parts that I want to break down today. Uh, the first being, you know, work hard. We are called by Christ to give everything that we have in anything that we do. The second being to not work for the approval or desire of anyone else besides, you know, the one that you're supposed to serve. 
and the third part being working for God. And after that, I'll give some practical steps you can take to not only work hard, but dedicate your work to God. So first off, I want to bring up how and why we are called to work hard. Jesus loves that we work hard at everything that we do, especially your sport. When you go to the gym at 6 a.m. or go to practice every single day or write your essays and turn them in on time for for you college or high school students, you know, some of y'all do that, I'm sure. Uh, He loves that. He wants you to work hard because he is the one who gave you those abilities and opportunities to do so. And you can see this all throughout the Bible. It gives you clear instructions on the thoughts that Jesus had about working hard. Galatians 6, do not get tired of doing good because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. Psalm 128, blessed are those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor and blessings and prosperity will be yours. I mean, you could see it all throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New. Even Jesus worked hard as a carpenter and then as someone who healed thousands of people a day. We have the blueprint for working hard in Jesus. But also, like, on a, a real sense, when you work hard, you feel good. When you feel like you're being productive and working the hardest that you can, you just feel better. I know for myself, when I procrastinate or, you know, have a lazy day, I, I just feel off for some reason. And I, I, I do want to emphasize, you know, you should rest every once in a while. That's an important part to working hard. Um but doing, you know, having that hard work in every facet of your life really contributes to a fulfillment of life if you dedicate that work to the Lord. But in this verse, in this Colossians verse, it says, whatever you do, work hard at it. And I, I know some of you may be a freshman or underclassman that are listening to this. You just aren't getting a lot of playing time right now. Or maybe you're a senior and you're not getting a lot of playing time right now. I'm not judging. I'm really not. It's tough to be in that spot. I know, I, I understand completely, but guess what? Jesus still wants you to work hard, even when you're riding the bench and the coach may not even know your name. When you come early and stay late, you don't cheat on drills, you run all the way through the line and do all the right things, Christ rejoices in that, I promise you. And it's so easy to not to want to work hard when you aren't playing. I know I was in that position. Freshman and sophomore year, you're showing up time and time again. You're putting in work outside of practice, but you aren't seeing the fruit of that labor yet. I promise you, though, it's coming. Even if you don't sniff the field as an athlete, if you truly give it your all and give that work to God, you will see the fruit of your labor in time. Whether that be years later and you're not even an athlete anymore, the hard work and dedication can translate completely into being married, raising kids, having a career, so many different facets of your life. And that brings me to my next point of working for your teammates, coaches, parents, and anyone besides God. And trust me, I am on board with working for your teammates and your coaches. And maybe even, you know, to make your parents proud. I can see that. And if you don't work for your teammates or coaches and want to succeed, uh, you probably aren't a good teammate. I'm sorry to break it to you. But what I'm trying to emphasize here is that you shouldn't want to work for them in order to impress them or seek their attention or approval or whatever it is. 
I know I have struggled with this and I know so many people that have uh, growing up, you know, and getting recruited for colleges, as I'm sure a lot of y'all can relate to this. I would go to showcases and camps and tournaments. I would go to Walmart if the college coach was there and he was shopping just in order for them to see me. That might be a little dramatic. Uh, but what that did was it kept driving a wedge between myself and Christ. These coaches, these almighty coaches that I wanted to recruit me were becoming my idol, becoming who I wanted to impress the most in my life. I had no consideration for anything or anyone else, especially God, when it came to that. I couldn't trust in God because I was trying to do it all by myself. What eventually happened was I did get to play baseball in college, but the thing that was so sad was that when I made it there, that God-sized hole was still in me. In fact, it got worse because I thought when I made it there, I would impress my family, my friends, my ex-teammates, coaches, and prove everyone that said I couldn't do it wrong. But in reality, I had made all those things a much bigger priority than Jesus. And what's sad is I didn't truly figure this out until my senior year of college when I had one more year left. But when you as an athlete work to try to impress those around you, you will never be satisfied with your life. You know, you can see it in literally every athlete, any athlete that was at the top of their game and it seemed like they had the world at their fingertips, but was just trying too hard to impress other people. All of the fame, all of the glory and praise is gone in a matter of seconds. They fall up this hill, and no one is there around them because they put all their faith in mankind. And it's even worse nowadays with the cancel culture that we live in. And I'm not going to call any celebrity athlete out, but there are a lot of athletes that try to impress others that really they should be trying to seek the approval of God and acknowledging the talents and work ethic that God gave them. One simple tweet, or one simple old tweet, I should say, can really bring it all crumbling down in a matter of seconds. That's why you should not put your faith and your approval status in people that are just as sinful as you are. And my last point today I wanted to make about playing for God and what that means practically. When you seek the approval and glory of God, you are doing exactly what he told us to do in Exodus 20 with the first of the Ten Commandments. We are showing that we have no other idol, serve no other master, and seek attention from no one else. I get it. We will, we, we will fail so many times at this. I still fail at this. I'm not even an athlete anymore. But God knows we aren't perfect, and that's where Jesus comes into the picture. In his book, The Christian Athlete, I cannot recommend that book enough by Brian Smith, uh, someone that we had on the podcast very early on in the show. He says, quote, The Christian athlete understands that God has uniquely gifted them and attempts to bring an audience of one type mentality to every part of their athletic experience. This does not mean they will always do this perfectly, but they keep trying on a daily basis to leverage their sport in a way that gives them more of God instead of settling for the fleeting approval of others. Notice that he says that when we do this, we get more of God. We feel closer to him as we aren't seeking approval from people that give you praise one day and will shame you the next. And also, kind of a sidebar here, Smith also mentions the misuse of Philippians 4.13 by many athletes today, especially when it comes to work. 
He says we wrongly claim Philippians 4.13 to help us succeed in sports, but what God is saying in this verse is that we already have everything we could ever need in Christ. I think that's a crucial point to every athlete that wants to work hard. Yes, you have the gifts and abilities that God gave you, but the only reason that you have those things is because of him. I hope you remember that. I know this was very convicting for myself because I don't know how many times that I've used that verse in my Instagram bio or wrote it on my cleats or on my wrist tape and thought that I could do all things because Christ is on my side. First of all, does that mean that God isn't with the other team? Definitely not. What Paul is emphasizing with this Philippians verse is that God can do anything with you. Jesus is at the center of that verse, not us. We cannot do all things, but Jesus can do anything through us if we dedicate that work to him. You have to ask yourself, are you willing to seek the applause from Jesus, not from the fans or the coaches or parents or scouts? When you put your worth in and seek the approval of Christ, you find that satisfaction that you never knew before. No matter if you win or lose, fail or succeed, hit that PR or not, you are still loved. Colossians 3.23 is a great reminder that no matter what, work as hard as you can, but do it in a way that shows Christ through you and to others around you. And I know it is so difficult to do this in today's society just because of the simple fact of social media. We want to go viral and we want to seek approval from others. We post these pictures of, you know, the grind or TikToks of you dancing at the field saying, you know, I'm him or I'm her when you should be shouting, Jesus is him. In this world of constantly seeking approval from others, especially in athletics, Remind yourself that Jesus, at the end of the day, is the one that's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me, for I never knew you. He is the one on the throne right now and for forever, and his approval of your work is more satisfying than anything we could ever receive in this life. But now for some practical steps as we, we start to wrap it up today. I know that I've thrown a lot of information at you but I truly hope that you can take at least some of these and use them to help reshape and how you view work. So first of all, change your mindset about work from having to do something to getting to do something. And I know this cliche, this I kind of cringe sometimes, I get that. Uh, but, but say in your mind that you get to practice today, you get to go lift, you get to ride on a bus for six hours for a game, which is tough. Um, But changing your mindset from, I got to do this for a coach, or I have to do this assignment, to God is allowing me to do this thing today. I get to do this today. It can be so crucial for your faith and your mentality overall. The second step that I would advise you to take is praying to God before every practice or game, and just ask him to reset your mind from having to impress your teammates or your coaches. I know every athlete at some level wants to show your coach what you can do, in order to gain that playing time. But I absolutely love this mentality what PerformanceExtra.com says. It writes, quote, Don't try to impress. Express yourself. You can't control the thoughts of other people, and that's what you're trying to do when you focus on impressing your coaches. Instead, focus on being yourself in your performance. If you have a good sense of your identity as a competitor, 
then focus on that and what you do best. If you can do that successfully and consistently, your coaches will be impressed. Mike Breen, take it from here. I'm I'm sorry, I had to do that. My apologies if you had a heart attack when that happened. Uh, but that was a good, that was an awesome quote. I can express how much I love that quote. The third thing that I would tell you is about working hard and trying to remind yourself each and every day who to do it for. Like Proverbs 16.3 says, your plans will succeed when you commit your work to the Lord. And this doesn't mean you will always be successful in your sport, but it means that you're in a better position to succeed. So work hard and dedicate the work to the Lord. Whatever that means for you, it could be you know writing a, a verse on your wrist tape uh, that reminds you of that. But remember about Philippians four thirteen. Remember that uh, it could mean emphasizing rest in order to reshape who you're working for, or it could mean you just need to get in the Word more in order to truly understand what God is calling you to do. As we do start to wrap up today, thank you so much for tuning into this solo episode today. You have no idea how much this support means to me each and every week, whether that be you listening or following us on social media or getting, you know, getting some merch, uh, maybe. Yeah, for real. I just, I can't express how much this podcast means to me and all of the fans out there and the viewers and the listeners. Uh, it's truly the work of the Lord. Um, we're talking about hard work today. It has been amazing to see what God has done with this podcast throughout three years now. It's just unbelievable. But Before concluding, I just want to leave you with this crucial bit of information today. Jesus loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you all next time.